Welcome back to Pause and Listen. I'm your host, Mariette, and here with me is my co-host, Jill. Hi, Jill. How are you? Hi, I'm well. How are you today? I'm great. Thank you. Uh, Today, we want to talk to everyone about preparing your puppy, your adult dog, your senior dog, and same with your cat for when you travel for work or go on vacation and anything from going on an overnight trip to being away for an extended period of time, 10 days, two weeks, um, whatever the case might be. Um, And the reason why we wanted to do this podcast is between Jill and I, we have collectively over 30 years of experience in pet sitting. Jill, is that about right? That sounds about right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I'm sure you will agree as I am still in the dog walking and pet sitting business. Um, Jill retired um, from her very successful um, dog walking and pet sitting business. But as much fun and enjoyable it is to pet sit, it is also, it can also be one of the more stressful parts of a pet sitting business. Would you agree, Jill? Yes, definitely. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, bringing on other people too, in uh, another podcast where we can talk about um, maybe somebody that has their own dog that has some sort of separation anxiety, um, they can talk to us about the day in and day out what they deal with and what they've done. Absolutely, because there are so many facets of um, pet sitting, and I think we'll start today's podcast by talking about puppies, just because I feel like I have quite a bit of experience in puppy pet sitting, and I feel that it's the subject that needs, the that has the most to talk about, right, Joe? Yes, Absolutely. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, Puppies are such a joy. Believe me, I am the first one to admit that I love puppies. I (laughs) love everything about puppies. But when it comes to pet sitting for puppies, it can come become very tricky. And so I want to start off by saying a few things about your options. So you're going to travel. My first and foremost suggestion is have a plan. Think about it. Don't just spur of the moment, decide to go on a trip. As exciting as that might sound, but if you have a puppy, and actually this goes for any dog or cat, if you don't have a permanent pet sitter or a family member, neighbor, friend that will take your puppy or your cat at the drop of the hat and take care of it for you, you need to have a plan. If your plan is that you prefer to board your dog or you're lucky enough to have a pet sitter that will take care of your dog or cat at their house, or you have a family, friend, neighbor, whatever, that will take your dog or cat into their house, great. Now, first of all, if you're boarding your, your puppy, you please don't just go and drop your puppy off for the first time at the boarding kennel facility. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the day that you're leaving to go on vacation. It can be so stressful. Take for yourself, just um, think about if you, somebody took you and dropped you off somewhere that you didn't know, you didn't know anybody there and expected you to just settle in and be happy right away. It, it doesn't work like that for humans and it doesn't work that way for dogs and especially um, for puppies as well. Make arrangements with the boarding kennel or facility and most of them now will require you to come in for an interview with your puppy. During this interview with your puppy, please be honest. I find that sometimes I run into problems when I go for a consultation at a client's house who is asking my company, my pet sitting company, to take care of their dog or cats or dogs and cats um, while they go on vacation. And when I'm there and I'm asking questions, they give me answer answers that are kind of true, but they don't elaborate and they don't tell me the whole truth. Mm -hmm. And that becomes a huge problem when now all of a sudden you're a thousand miles away, you're in a, in a, a different um, city, state, or even out of the country. Right, Jill? Yes, that um, can open a whole can of worms there. Uh, if you don't have the proper setup, and, or even if you haven't had your puppy for long enough, to really get to know them and how they react, uh, especially during times of COVID, I think a lot of people are saying, well, I'm home a lot now, so I'm going to get a puppy. Um, but then as soon as things change in your life and you leave, there's all of a sudden this um, horrific case of separation anxiety. So um, letting everybody know in your life, including your pet sitter, uh, what exactly is going on is very helpful. Absolutely. So please be honest when you have that interview, whether you're at, you're leaving your dog or cat at a boarding facility with a friend, neighbor, family member, or with a pet sitter, be honest. Tell them everything that you know about your puppy that they need to know um, and have a plan. And also, I suggest that you take your puppy either to the boarding facility or to your friend, neighbor, um, house to um, for a couple visits before you leave on vacation. Mm -hmm. Even if it's for the first time you go for an hour and you just give your puppy the opportunity to run around, get to know the house, the smells of the house, the backyard. M maybe they have other dogs or cats and it gives them an opportunity to get to know each other a little bit, recognize each other's smells and the people who live in the house. That's for the first visit. Then make arrangements to go back a second time and make this a longer visit mm -hmm. where you leave the puppy or your dog or your cat and give them an opportunity to settle in 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 this new environment by themselves. You go do some shopping or whatever, have a cup of coffee with a friend, and then come back a few hours later to pick your puppy up or your cat um, if, if that's the route that you're going to go. And I'm going to actually have Jill talk in length about um, cats and how to prepare them um, because Jill is our um, cat expert. But as far as puppies go and dogs, um, do a first visit where you're there. You can see how your puppy is reacting to its new environment, to the people there, to the other animals there. And this way, when you're away on vacation, you have peace of mind 
knowing that he or she is happy there. The second time when you come and you drop um, your puppy off or, or your dog, um, ask the person who's watching them to take videos for you and give you honest feedback on how they did um, while you were gone. Mm -hmm. So that covers that part. And then I want to talk about um, pet sitting at your house where you ask someone, whether it's a friend, a neighbor, or like with us, a professional pet sitter to come to your house and pet sit your puppy or your dog. I'm going to talk about puppies first. I often get phone calls and just recently a client called and she's a new client and she wasn't sure how things worked. And she was under the impression that it would be okay for me to just come twice a day uh, around 8 a.m. in the morning and 8 p.m. at night mm -hmm. to take care of her dogs. And she has a young puppy around nine months old and then an, an older dog. Well, I told her right away that that doesn't work. First of all, my policy for um, my company is that we do a minimum of three visits for pet sitting. I mean, if you have to think for yourself, would you be able to not go to the bathroom for 12 hours straight? Right. Mm -hmm. it, is a, it is a long time to ask of a dog of any age, whether it's right. a puppy or an adult dog, but especially puppies under the year, uh, age of a year, and then senior dogs over nine years old, 12 hours is way too long. You cannot expect them to not have to go to the bathroom. So um, talk to your pet sitter about three or four visits or even more if, if you can. Um, I know financially, sometimes it's hard for people to be able to afford that, but you should at least do three visits a day. Mm -hmm. um, right, Joel, you agree? I totally agree. And I think any um, professional pet sitter that's good will agree with that and will make sure that their policy does state exactly that. Um, no less than three visits per day. Um, because then you start looking, you know, you start looking into potty accidents, possible bladder infections, um, anxiety because they have to go potty, but they're afraid to, but nobody's there to let them out, um, different things like that. So absolutely, I agree. Absolutely. And that's the problem that we run into all the time is that even with three visits for a young puppy um, under 12 months or even up to 18 months is that when they don't get to go out every four hours or so, um, they start to have accidents. And then we get to the house uh, or the apartment and now we spend time cleaning up accidents. Mm -hmm. And that takes away from the quality time that we can spend with your puppy or your dog, or in, th in this case that I mentioned before, where we have a puppy and an adult dog to take care of. If we're spending 10, 15 minutes going around your house and cleaning up um, pee and poo accidents, we only have another 15 minutes um, or so, depending on, and each company has a different um, time frame that they use for their visits. For us, it's 30 minutes. But if we're spending 10 or 15 minutes just cleaning up accidents, if a dog has diarrhea, we only have 15 minutes now to possibly at a dinner visit, feed your dog, take him for a walk, um, make sure everything is okay. It, it's just the yeah. more visits you can afford, the better for your 
dog. Right. I very much agree. And you also have to keep in mind that it's, um, I guess, easier for you. You don't need to be um, picking up and dropping out from a boarding facility. You don't need to worry about separation anxiety at a dog kennel or a dog fight. Um, you can just have that peace of mind knowing that your professional pet sitter is going to your own home and taking care of your pets for you. Absolutely. They feel so much more comfortable. And over and over, I've had clients who describe to me their dogs when they pick them up from a boarding facility, a kennel, mm -hmm. after being there for days or a couple weeks and in that constant commotion, the barking, the crying, being surrounded by, the, by dogs that are upset or um, barking the whole time. Um, it really... Some dogs do well. I, I'm going to be honest. There are dogs who love it. They love that um, being with other dogs and they don't mind the anxiety that kind of is in the air, the barking. But most dogs are more comfortable at home in their yeah. own house, in their own environment, their own bed that they sleep on or your bed. Um, their uh, own little window, picture window that they're used to laying in front and, and watching everyone go by. And they're much more comfortable and relaxed. Yes, I completely agree on both points there. Um, I worked at a, a dog boarding and daycare facility, and I could always tell the difference between the ones that were there maybe every single day of the week, especially when um, owners were at work. Uh, versus the ones that maybe were hiding the whole time or nervous or vomiting, diarrhea, because they were so nervous. Um, but yeah, you're right. There are some, especially I would say, uh, hyper dogs, more energy dogs, such yes. as Labradors and that sort of thing that do usually quite well at, at daycare and boarding facilities because they have that energy and they just love to play, play, play. Um, but again, there's that always that flip side where maybe it's not always a good thing. And when I worked at the boarding facility, it was one of those situations where I was very upfront with the owners. I would tell them, uh, especially if they came for like a partial day, just to try it out for a trial, I would be very upfront with them saying, you know, Fido did very well today, but um, maybe this play group wouldn't work so well. And let's try this one next time. Or it would be the opposite. And I would say, I don't think your dog would do well here. Um, all he or she did was hide the whole time and was nervous. So maybe look into hiring a professional pet sitter in your home. Absolutely. I, I totally agree with you. Now, as far as getting ready to go on a vacation, as I mentioned before, maybe because I'm a planner, I think you should have a plan and you should, should think about it carefully. And now I'm talking specifically about puppies. First of all, if you've been home, say during this COVID period, from the day that you got your puppy um, and now all of a sudden after months of being your puppy being used to you being home, being used, used to the family being home, kids, it's going to be a big change when you all leave because you might not think, I, sometimes people tell me, well, all they do is they sleep. Mm -hmm. 
don't worry about it. Um, you know, they just lay down and sleep. But that's not true. The reason why they lay down and sleep when you're home is because they're comfortable and yes. they're um, at ease. And so, yes, they take lots of naps. But I promise you, when you leave and you're not there, and usually the first day, they're good. They're still expecting you to come back. You've maybe, they think in their mind, because they don't really have a, they don't have a concept of time. They think you went to the store and you'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> you went to go and get them a treat and a new toy and you're going to be back. Right. <laughs> yes. The next day, they're still very hopeful that you're just out getting that new toy and swimming pool and whatever it is that you spoil them with and you're going to be back but by day three is usually where I find they start to realize you're not home and they start to get bored and now they start to get into things and if you didn't plan for this part um, that where they get bored and they start chewing on things. Um, this is where it becomes, you know, sort of a, I don't know, a bad experience for lack of a, a better word. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to relate it to a pet sit that I did um, for a golden doodle. And um, he was under a year old, um, around 10 months old. And he was good. The first day, he was pretty good. The second day and the third day, um, he started chewing on shoes. And when I went for my interview uh, or my consultation with the owners, I went over everything and, and I asked the question, are you comfortable having your puppy out in the house? Or do you think we should keep him um, in a plate, you know, in an area that maybe has dog gates up no no um he's very good he he doesn't chew on anything and you know <laughs> I don't try I try not to roll my eyes but um you know so I go with that and sure enough one morning around the fourth or fifth day when I got there at eight o'clock in the morning this little puppy had managed to tear up carpet and I'm not talking about a rug I'm talking about the installed carpet at the landing of a staircase the whole length of this of the landing um, where the staircase ends and the landing starts and on the side I'm sure he worked on it half the night and was very proud of his accomplishment by the morning but by then he had torn up the carpet ripped it out of the nail the little um, carpet nails and he had also chewed up all the padding underneath it mm. now you might think okay it's just carpet yes it's just carpet but the nails from the carpet where he ripped it up at the at what do you call the seams where it transitions yeah. mm -hmm. they were now sticking out and so he could have easily stepped on those when he tried to run back down. Oh, he Plus, could have ingested the carpet, the carpet pad or the nails. Ingesting it is a huge problem. It can be a major problem. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I wouldn't know that when I first get there because sometimes, you know, it takes a few hours 
or half a day before, you know, they start showing the signs of that they've swallowed something and now they're in distress. Right. Mm -hmm. So I suggest that you have like a, a plan where if you're going to leave your puppy at home, still do a, a, a before your trip, go out of the house for four or five hours. And if it's possible, I know so many people have cameras up, um, but if you don't, that's okay. But leave the house and come back and really pay attention to see whether he was tempted to chew on something or, you know, get into a closet or a cupboard or anything like that. If not, okay. But I would still suggest that when you go on vacation, you have a backup plan. You have um, baby gates or uh, gates for dogs that your pet sitter can then put up, for instance, in your by the laundry room or in your kitchen and can find your puppy. And I also think it's a very good idea for you to have a puppy that is crate trained, even if you don't have him in the crate on a regular basis. But mm -hmm. for instance, this particular puppy that tore up the carpet and many other things, finally his mom uh, was at her wit's end and she told me that I just need to put him in a crate in between visits. Oh. And I don't like doing that. It's, yeah. it's definitely, it's very hard on the puppies. But at the end of the day, we as pet sitters have to first and foremost, foremost consider the safety of the dog and the puppy. Mm -hmm. And if the only place now that your puppy is safe is in a crate, then that's unfortunately what we have to do. Jill, do you agree, disagree? Absolutely. Or, you know, like you mentioned, in a laundry room, put a baby gate up in a, a tiled area. They really can't chew tile. Um, that's probably the best and safest area. And sometimes, too, if they uh, do get nervous, having a little bit more room than a crate, such as a laundry room, bathroom, kitchen, even if you have uh, doors and drawers locked up tight, um, those can be also really good uh, options to away from carpet where that can be ingested so you're not trying to fit uh, carpet pieces and carpet pad pieces back together to see if and how much has been ingested. Um, preventing is absolutely key. It's for the safety, like you said, and for you as the pet sitter for peace of mind. Absolutely. And also, if your house is carpeted, or you have nice, expensive rugs, I suggest that you pick, pick the rugs up and try. Mm -hmm. I agree with Jill, find an area where there's tile, because I promise you, cleaning up an accident on a tile floor takes one minute. Cleaning yeah. up an accident on carpet takes five minutes and it all adds up. And now we're taking away precious time that we could be playing with your puppy, taking him or her for a walk. All of the good stuff now right. takes a backseat because we're trying to clean up. And plus, just the dangers of puppies are so resource resourceful. I promise you over the years, I have been astounded at the Houdini puppies <laughs> that I've taken care of. Um, being able to open um, drawers and cabinet doors and get into chocolate bags of chocolates. 
um, yeah. raisins, which is completely so dangerous and poisonous. So please think about your plan if you're leaving a puppy for an extended period of time. And in your preparation, please plan for the time that your pet sitter is not there. So if your pet sitter is coming three times per day or four times per day, plan for the two or three or four hours in between by getting a few extra toys that are brand new that we as pet sitters can take out maybe once a day, we can take out a new toy. And that is such a, a new and exciting thing for your puppy. And instead of wandering around the house, trying to find the new um, carpet, piece of carpet to chew up. He'll be playing with his, um, his new toy. Um, there's lots of fabulous chew toys that works very well, especially for large, large breed puppies. There's the um, educational toys that we talked about in one of our first episodes that you can put treats inside and the dog has to use his paw and nose to move the levers and open the lids to get to treats. Those are very good that um, your pet sitter can put down in between visits. Kong, of course, is always great, but I want to stress, please, don't buy a new flavor of treats or um, mm -hmm. treats that your dog has never had before. Right. In your mind, you think, oh, I am doing something so nice for my puppy or my dog. I'm buying these new treats. But you have no idea if those treats might upset your dog's stomach. Mm -hmm. And now, instead of just enjoying the treat, he ends up with diarrhea. Right. And so if, consider, that's always the way it goes. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Without a doubt. Um, part of a pet sit that I did is where the mom wanted to do something nice. She bought the same brand of dog food that she always buys, but she bought a different flavor. She bought bison flavor thinking that, oh my gosh, you know, this is going to be such a treat for the dogs. And um, it was more expensive. You know, she had every good intention, but bison and other exotic meats like pheasant and rabbit, they are very high in protein. Mm -hmm. And if your dog is in your dog's stomach is not used to those proteins, it can very easily upset your dog's stomach. And it did for the dog that we watched. Um, within a day, she started having diarrhea because oh. she wasn't used to that flavor of dog food. So if you wanna buy a new flavor of dog food, if you wanna buy new treats, okay, that's great, but buy it two or three weeks before you leave and give some to your dog and make sure that their stomachs are okay with it. And it's not getting them to have, causing them to have an upset stomach and diarrhea. Right, and the other thing you could always consider trying too is maybe let's say you, for instance, purchase uh, every day they eat dry kibble, purina, chicken and rice. Uh, well, maybe you could buy, instead of the dry, you could buy the canned. So you're not changing the protein the protein is the same. It's just canned now. So it makes it more fun and exciting. Uh, and that can always be good for their stomachs too. Maybe it helps uh, keep their stomach from feeling upset and having any sort of vomiting or diarrhea while you're away. 
Absolutely. And especially the canned food that fits so nicely in a Kong and you put the Kong in a Ziploc baggie, yeah. put it in the freezer and, um, you know, the pet sitter can give it to, especially if you have a puppy, instead of, you know, giving it uh, breakfast and dinner, maybe you could take um, half of the breakfast and half of the dinner put that into the Kong, put the Kong in the freezer yes. and it could, we can give that to, to your pup at one of the visits, the, the midday visit. Um, and he can work on that while we're gone. This way he's getting his food. He's working for his food, but he's having fun and um, it's keeping him busy. Exactly. So um, the treats and the, the pet food we talked about as part of um, your plan, um, getting back to the toys, um, please make sure that any new toys that you buy are good quality toys. And I'm not saying go out and, ex and buy the most expensive toys by any means. I'm talking about buying toys appropriate for your dog's size, breed, activity level, chewing level. If you have a golden retriever that is a ferocious chewer and you buy these soft stuffed um, fluffy um, toys, I can assure you it takes them about two minutes to rip that up. And now it's just stuffing all over the place and not really a toy that is providing them with extended play or something to do. Right. Mm -hmm. So buy toys that are safe, that are um, appropriate for your dog's size um, and breed. And um, once again, if you want to buy toys that have uh, treats in them, make sure that your dog is used to, to the treats. Don't just leave it and have the pet sitter give it to them for the first time when you're gone. Right. Yeah. And another thought too is let's say your dog has always had Kongs because they are a powerful chewer. Um, when, before you go on vacation, you could always stop at the store or order online a new one of the same exact thing. So maybe they've already had that Kong toy for three, four, five years. Uh, it's looking pretty ratty and, and beaten up. Um, just getting them a new one. They know it's new. They know it's exciting and new and they think it's the best day of their lives from it. And that way you're not introducing anything that could cause problems or maybe not even be a good enough toy for them. Exactly. And um, try to think about your dog and what their normal routine is like during the day. And let your pet sitter know about th that routine. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we run into a situation where people ask us for pet sitting and they say, please take the puppy for a walk. He needs exercise. He needs to get out. And we just assume that the puppy is used to going for walks. Well, that's not always the case mm -hmm. um, because maybe you have a fenced in backyard and you're, you enjoy playing frisbee and ball in your backyard with your dog, which is great and a great way to exercise them. Mm -hmm. Don't all of a sudden tell your pet sitter to just take your puppy or your dog for a walk when they're not really used to that. Not that it's a bad thing, but dogs don't, 
just automatically become good walkers. I, I'm sure there are, but sometimes, especially with puppies, it's a struggle because they have to learn how to walk on a leash and walk nicely on a leash. So if you haven't done that with them before you go on vacation, but you play ball and frisbee with them in the backyard, make sure you tell your pet sitter that so that they can go out and play fetch and frisbee with your dog in the yard. Yeah, that's a very good point, Maria. So um, now a few um, other things that um, we want to talk about is I always tell my clients to contact their veterinarian and let them know that they are going to be traveling. Give them the name of the person that is taking care of their dog. And in the event that something happens and the pet sitter, friend, neighbor, family member need to take your dog to the vet, your vet is already aware that you're on vacation and that you've given the pet sitter or whoever permission to bring in your dog. Mm -hmm. This is the worst case scenario and hopefully it never happens. But unfortunately, sometimes the worst things happen when someone is on vacation. I have pet sit for very senior dogs, uh, dogs that actually would be would have been considered hospice dogs and I have had to take those dogs um, to the vet and I've also had to make the decision for some of the owners to let the dog go and that's not something that anybody wants to do but there has to be a plan because when you if if I take your dog to the vet even when it's you they will still try to contact the owner to say hey this person brought in your dog and we need permission to do this procedure or, or something. We can't give the vet that permission unless you've given us the permission and you let your vet know. So just take a few minutes, call your vet, tell them that you're going to be traveling and that so-and-so is taking care of your pet. And should there be an emergency, please, you know, do whatever they need to do to take care of your dog. Um, and also please leave a credit card on file with them in case there is, um, any expenses, whether it's just a small expense for an office visit, or if they need, the dog needs medication or something more serious. Um, just that way there is no going back and forth on who's going to pay for 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 the medication, the surgery, the visit. And we as pet sitters are able to do the right thing and take care of your dog. Right. It's a very, very good point. I totally agree with that. Um, because you're right. Oftentimes it seems things happen when you're on vacation. And, and sometimes when you're on vacation, you are vacationing at a location that uh, doesn't have very good cell service, if at all, whether it's in the United States or outside of the United States. So when we as pet stores are trying to get in touch with you regarding something that's going on, you're, you're not reachable. So having that first conversation and even in writing, if you needed to with your veterinarian, so they're aware and have credit card information and everything uh, is handled appropriately to make sure that you your pets are taken care of. Absolutely. So I'm going to move on from uh, puppies to, you know, 
dogs that are adult dogs. And I want to talk specifically about separation anxiety. And I'm going to lean on Jill here because she has an extensive background of um, veterinary tech um, experience and working in a, in a veterinary office. Um, so separation anxiety is so common in dogs, most often in dogs who were adopted from bad situations not always. Um, any dog can suffer from separation anxiety. Mm -hmm. It's not specific to dogs that were rescued or adopted or anything. But of course, sometimes those dogs are more prone to separation anxiety because they had been left um, and before they were adopted by you. And separation anxiety is such a sad state for any dog. And if you have a dog with separation, who suffers from separation anxiety, you, you know, and you understand this. For me, it always makes me so sad when I take care of dogs with separation anxiety mm -hmm. or just anxiety in general. And anxiety in general can be loud noises, um, scares them. Um, who knows where they were at before or what triggered the anxiety towards loud noises, but they have it and they can't control it. And that is what I need everybody to hear is that dogs can't control separation anxiety. You either need to work with them on a, on a daily basis you can contact a animal behaviorist to come to your house and work with you and your pup or um, talk to your vet. Um, there are many things that on the market that can help uh, dogs yeah. with separation anxiety or anxiety. Most commonly, you, I know everybody knows about um, an anxiety vest. Mm -hmm. And um, in my opinion, they work maybe 50% at the time, but um, they are not foolproof. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to turn it over to Jill to talk a little bit about some of the natural, maybe um, some holistic um, products that are out there that you can use, um, some natural ways to try and work with your dog, and um, then talk a, a bit about um, if that doesn't work, you need to talk to your vet about the situation. And as always, please be honest with your pet sitter about your dog having anxieties, mm -hmm. whatever anxiety your dog has, please, please tell your pet sitter about it. And if it's separation anxiety, please be honest and talk to your pet sitter about this beforehand so that they are prepared mm -hmm. and they can help your dog. We are all um, trained and we have experience, um, but we need to know this going into a pet sit so that we can be prepared and be prepared to spend extra time because that's what happens is that instead of a 30 minute visit, the visit, the first initial visits are 45 minutes or sometimes an hour. And we are happy to spend that time with your pup, but you just, you have to be honest with us and let us know. So I'll let Jill talk about this a little bit more. 
Right. Yes. Be honest. And again, we are all experiencing this. We're all in this together. Uh, even if I've helped out uh, people with their dogs of all ages with certain either medical issues or separation anxiety or aggression issues, even if they haven't, even if they were never my client, uh, I've just probably Marriott is the same way. You just want to help out any animal in any way possible. And most people within the animal care field, whether a professional pet sitter, a boarding facility, um, a holistic vet, a regular veterinarian, everybody truly does want to help you guys get through everything together. And to do that, you have to be honest with each other and you have to share information. So, you know, and that also is true with your veterinarian. You know, they are not the enemy, uh, although sometimes people do treat veterinarians that way. They're absolutely not the enemy. And they are so happy to help come up with different things and solutions. If you've tried some more of the natural things, then I'll talk about that. And that's and not helping. There are other options that your veterinarian can talk to you about, including an animal behaviorist uh, and any other kind of other dog trainer that maybe is focused specifically on some sort of separation anxieties, uh, or even talk to a friend or family member that's has or does have a dog of whatever age with separation anxiety. Uh, you might be, you might, if anything, feel like you're not alone and uh, you're trying really hard just like they are. Some of the more basic things as far as natural goes that you could try is, for instance, a lavender essential oil. Um, and we've talked about this too, Mariette. Uh, yeah. I think both on the podcast and within our blog, which you can find. Uh, lavender oil, especially if you find the right brand. And again, follow up with your veterinarian or holistic veterinarian uh, or any kind of other uh, professional and ask them what brands that they recommend. Do, is there certain brands they recommend? Is there certain brands that they do not recommend that you should stay away from? And make sure that you're also using it appropriately. Uh, lavender oil is a fairly mild oil and it is pretty safe to use, but there are always instances where maybe a dog or even a person is allergic to it or it burns the skin. So you just wanna be very careful with how you use it. One way that I've always loved using lavender oil and I have never had any adverse effects from it is putting it on the outside of a dog's collar. So that way it's there, it's near their nose, they can smell it, which helps them relax a little bit, but it's not directly on their skin. Now, again, you can try it other ways. I know Mariette has said that she likes to put it on their paws so that way they can, on the front paws, so they can lick it and smell it. Um, and there's yeah. another way I think you had recommended too. Yes, sometimes they recommend putting it just behind the tips um, of their ears, at the back mm -hmm. of the tips of the ears, mm -hmm. because it's close enough to, you know, their nose and they can smell it. And so um, they still get that calming effect from it. 
but it's not in a spot that they can actually lick it. Because the problem with putting it on their paws is if your dog is a licker, um, mm-hmm. a paw licker, you know, then all of a sudden there's something new on, on their paws and now they lick, 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 and then that turns into a hot spot and now we have a whole new yeah. problem. <laughs> so. Exactly. Yes, and that's why it's always good to just keep in mind that you're talking to, especially your your veterinarian, um, and they'll know. They'll know the differences. And and when you're thinking about, just like with anything in life, not everything is created equally. So a brand of lavender oil from Walmart might not be the best option. Um, And the same thing with CBD oils, which I wanted to touch on a little bit too. CBD oil is another natural thing that you could certainly try. Um, And again, it's one of those things where not all of them are created equally. So uh, be careful what you're, you're allowing your animal to ingest um, and make sure that it is a product that you trust. And maybe we could leave some links and stuff to a couple different options for people to try. Uh, and the other thing I wanted to mention is not, it's not always one thing that will work. Um, sometimes you need to try two, three different things together to get something to work. So maybe you will use that lavender oil or maybe you'll just diffuse it into the room that your dog is staying in. And then you'll also include some CBD oil once or twice a day within their food and their diet. Um, And then there's also other options such as uh, diffusers. There's something called Adaptil that uh, has had really good response with dogs uh, to help calm and relax your dog and they also have the same thing for cats it's called feel away and that one is also a diffuser and I think both also come in a spray so the plugins the plug-in diffusers are nice you plug it in and you change the diffuser piece out once a month Um, and you could always try that in addition to some of the other things that I've recommended Um, and again you can talk to an animal, animal behaviorist your regular veterinarian. Uh, you could make an appointment at your local university if, if needed. Uh, if things are really out of control, and there are some also um, medications that your veterinarian can prescribe, uh, either by itself or in addition to some of these other ones, such as uh, fluoxetine or Prozac. Very good. That's all. That is all awesome information. Just. Also, if you're going to use something, we recommend, whether it's lavender essential oils, um, other essential oils, CBD, please try it before you go on vacation. Don't ask your pet sitter or whoever is taking care of your dog to use it for the first time when you're away. And before you use anything, ask your vet's opinion. On, on that specific product. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, now you can make your own decision on CBD. That's You don't need um, a vet to approve it. But my recommend, recommendation personally is that you just have a good conversation about it with your vet and ask whether he would recommend it, what is his opinion on it, and ask him about the, the pros and cons, just so that you, you know and you are informed. And please just, I wanna stress, don't start using something the day before you leave or the day that you're leaving um, because that's, it's just not safe. 
Right. Yes, I completely agree. And maybe there is some sort of a CBD oil or lavender oil that your veterinarian would typically recommend, but maybe your dog has severe skin allergies. So using something on the skin, even a lavender oil, they do not recommend, um, even if it's near it. So those are just things and really, really good reasons why you should always keep in contact with your veterinarian. You know, maybe they think of something that you're not thinking of that's right in front of your face and you could be preventing um, another medical issue altogether. Absolutely. It is so true what you said before about you and your vet are your dog's advocate. Don't make your vet the enemy. Um, Have a great relationship with your vet because it is so important and it's it makes the whole um, scenario of him taking care of your dog, you and him or her having a good relationship where you can ask questions and he will take the time to talk to you about it um, so much better. I agree with Joe and I think it comes from the personal experience um, for her working in the vet office and veterinarian and being a vet assistant and everything. And for me, similar experiences uh, growing up in South Africa, where I just think, um, you know, sometimes you have to remember that your vet has to make tough decisions. And sometimes he has to give you tough news or, or bad news or, tell you something about your dog that maybe you don't want to hear you like to hear any of those but he is a vet because he loves or she is a vet because they love animals and they just want the best for them so have a have a good relationship with your vet and then when you do have questions first of all you don't feel like you're intruding or Um, You know, and your vet will um, feel the same way that he knows you have your pet, your pet's best interest at heart. And um, usually they are more than happy to spend the time to talk to you. Yes, I totally agree. And if you're not feeling it, you're not feeling that connection with your veterinarian, maybe you could pick a different veterinarian, same clinic and see if that kind of um, works. Maybe you just aren't clicking with the veterinarian or your pet isn't. Sometimes I know there are some dogs, uh, male dogs that are not okay with male veterinarians. So just keep that in mind. It's not anything they're doing wrong. It's just the way, the way it is in the dog world sometimes. Uh, or, you know, if you're just not feeling it at the, at the clinic you're going to, that's fine. Go somewhere else, go get a second opinion. Um, but make sure you're finding someone that you you love and trust with your pets. And um, if you're not trusting them, then definitely, absolutely go find someone else because there are great veterinarians out there. Absolutely. And it's nothing different from your personal doctor. If you don't, if you go for your first visit or appointment and you don't like your dentist or the doctor, you'll make a change. You'll go somewhere else. And the same goes for your dogs. Right. Yes, that's exactly true. Mm-hmm. Okay, Jill, I want to ask you to talk to us a little bit about cats and preparing them for 
you going on vacation? Is it, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure if everything is exactly the same as with dogs or are there other things that you recommend or that you want to bring to our listeners' attention? Yeah, there are definitely things that are similar. You know, make sure that your home is ready for it if you feel like um, maybe your cat is a hider, especially with people around. Even if you've had the same pet sitter for years, there are sometimes cats that it doesn't matter. They hide anyways. So make sure you're, you know, making it a little bit easier for your pet sitter too. maybe run around the house and shut all the doors to all of the bedrooms and, and that. So there's just the litter box and the food out in the, in the middle of the living room and the kitchen area. So your pet sitter's not having to run around the house to try to find your cat under the bed and um, maybe in a closet hidden somewhere where you can't see them. Uh, so that's always, I would say, one of my number one things I would recommend to my cat clients. Um, and of course, you can always pick out the ones that are going to be social, following you around everywhere as you're doing the <laughs> entire pet visit. Um, but there are those few that do get nervous, or maybe they normally aren't nervous, and your, your clients have never left before. Just maybe recommend that they still close those extra doors. Um, just to just in case you never know sometimes once you leave the the whole atmosphere changes and then the pet sitter comes in and they're hiding when they wouldn't normally do that uh, as we know cats are very very much that way they're you can yeah. never really tell exactly what they're gonna do uh, until they do it right. um, and again you know you could always get things like a feel away diffuser too to kind of relax them um, sometimes I've turned on uh, if they have some sort of pet TV or even a YouTube channel with birds and squirrels, you can find some on YouTube that are like eight hours long. Uh, and a lot of cats really like that, I think. And it gives them kind of a background noise. So they're not maybe hearing car doors slamming or anything else um, potentially loud or a garbage truck going by that might startle them. That is such a great advice. And actually, I want to recommend that you do the same thing with your dogs. The music, put music on. If you have a tablet that you're not taking with you while you're traveling, you can uh, look on Google Music. And if you put in your Google search, relaxing music for pets, mm -hmm. there are pet-specific albums that you can download and just like Jill said they can sometimes run for eight hours and mm -hmm. that will be playing in the background if you don't have that I always ask people if it's okay that we leave the tv on because mm -hmm. now it's so common for people to have the television on you know even just in the background and just You'll be surprised. You'd be surprised just with the noise and the voices on the television instead of a dead quiet house mm -hmm. makes such a difference to both the dogs and cats because especially the last few months the house have been bustling with people and noises and tv and music and then you leave and you turn everything off and you're not there and it's so quiet mm -hmm. and I always recommend that we either turn a TV on. The music is such a great idea. And I especially like that over uh, the television being on. So I completely agree with you, Joel. Such a, a, a very important point. Yeah, absolutely. And even if you just have a AM, FM clock radio, 
yes. in your bedroom. You know, maybe your cat or dog is most comfortable in, in, in your bedroom. Just turn it on in there. It doesn't need to be in the middle of the house. Um, though no. sometimes maybe if, if, if your client lives in a loud neighborhood, maybe it's not a bad idea to have something on, you know, in a couple different rooms even. But yeah, that's a very good point, you know, with everybody and now kids are going back to school part time, but things are just still not quite the way they've been since early this year. Uh, There's been a lot of changes in everybody's lives, including your pets lives. So keeping that in mind, especially for your pet sitter will be very helpful. Absolutely. Um, And I want to just quickly touch on um, a safety tip, especially for cats. Um, um, If you have your litter box, for instance, in the laundry room or down the basement or even in whatever room you have it, uh, make sure that you put something over the top of the door a sock, um, a shirt, a a light towel, so that your cat can't close the door and then be stuck. And I hear you giggling in the back, Jill, but this literally happened to me um, where um, cats are so ingenious and they find the most unique ways of getting to things and closing doors and opening drawers. So... I always do that if even if a client forgets or, you know, they, you know, don't believe in it. I just take a towel and I put it over the door so the door at no point can close on the cat. And then they're stuck either, even like you said, sometimes in the closet or in in the laundry room or wherever. And then they get scared in there and they start clawing against the door so um, just that's just a quick tip that I wanted to throw out there. Yeah, that's a great one. And, and that's why I was giggling, because I've been there, done that throughout all my years of testing. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've, I've seen uh, a lot of things, and that would be one of them. You know, the cat maybe gets startled and runs into the door on accident, and then it slams shut, or whatever the situation may be. There was a, one time I had a cat... Uh, I didn't figure out right away why the door was shut, but it came clear to me after I found the mouse in the kitchen (laughs) laying there. I think what happened was the mouse was trying to run back down into the basement where the litter box was and the door slammed shut. Uh, And it was wide open. So maybe it was hiding kind of behind there and the cat pushed it. Uh, Maybe it was a different situation. I don't know. As, As we all know, things happen when we're away from our pets. Uh, And there wasn't a camera to see what happened, but that was my assumption is that cat was chasing a mouse and the door shut. So then there was uh, messes to clean up in the, in the living area. Yes. And honestly, those are not nice messes to clean up. No. (laughs) Well, this has been such a great podcast and I think we're getting towards the end now. And I just want to touch on one last thing that I am a stickler for, as you all know, please make sure your dog has a collar with um, tags on it with your phone number um, so that if anything happens, your dog gets loose, for some reason manages to escape, um, he can be found and you can be contacted. Yeah, or a cat. Mm-hmm. Or and ca- or a mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, second of all, 
I am a stickler for my clients that I ask for a an instruction sheet on the kitchen counter. Please include an instruction sheet, even if you've had many conversations with your pet sitter or whoever is taking care of your dog. And in your instruction sheet, describe your dog's routine, the way you do it every day. And, you know, include pertinent phone numbers, um, your cell number, um, who you're traveling with, an emergency contact um, phone number. Um, tell the, uh, make sure you uh, let your pet, pet sitter know exactly where the food is located. If perhaps for some reason you moved it, um, before or after um, the initial get-to-know visit or when she came over or just since the last time that they had been there. Mm -hmm. And um, make sure you put in detail the amount of food and at what time to feed your dogs or your cats. Um, leave out your dog's vaccination records um, sometimes we are not able to take your dog or your cat to your veterinarian um, if anything mm -hmm. happens, because just like with kids and other you know, um, emergencies, sometimes they happen at the last visit and it's eight, nine o'clock at night. Now your dog is, we walk in and she's throwing up and, or there's blood and we have to make a split second decision your vet is only open during business hours, nine mm -hmm. to five, nine to six. So now we need to rush your dog or your cat to the emergency vet. If mm -hmm. we have a copy of your dog um, or your cat's vaccination records that we can just grab and take with us, that makes life so much easier. Yes, absolutely. I agree on all, all of those points and making sure also your emergency contact is not in fact on vacation with you is also helpful. <laughs> uh, that's happened to me a few times. Yes. Um, and to make sure that they're also able to take on, I guess, the care of a pet should something come up or happen. Um, and also that they're able and uh, I guess competent enough to make decisions, medical decisions, should something come up. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, in general, make sure there's food and water bowls. Um, I always recommend more than one water bowl out in your house. The Your dog's harness um, or and leash, um, if you're asking your pet sitter to take um, your dog for a walk, make sure it's either hanging in a spot where they can see it right away or you let them know in the uh, instruction sheet. Leave out toys for your dog to keep him busy. And like we talked in the beginning, if possible, stock up on a few new toys uh, chew toys, just snuggle toys, maybe some um, brain game puzzle toys, Kongs. Um, if you have specific um, uh, treats that you want to put in the Kong, um, have those ready and have it sit out on the counter. Um, also, please leave out 
cleaning supplies for your pet sitter because accidents, they just do happen. Mm -hmm. And the last thing that we want to do is rummage through your cupboards, walk around in your house um, to find things that we need to clean up. So if Mm -hmm. you can just leave that out on the kitchen counter and that way we we know that these are all safe products that you have used before. So if we clean up a spot on your carpet or on a nice rug, you know, we're not damaging it. And I know some of these things might seem so, um, well, everybody knows. Yes. But actually we run into this all the time where it's not there. And now, you know, we have to rummage through cupboards to try and find it. And most houses now have cameras up. And even though I totally am comfortable with that, I have no problem with it. But it feels so awkward as a pet sitter then to be looking for something that you need to take care of the dog or the cat. Right. Yes, I've been there before where I've literally said, well, I'm looking for uh, a cleaning product to clean up the paw prints off of their floor. I've literally verbally said, I'm not looking for anything other than cleaning products if you're watching me right now. <laughs> um, just so they're aware, because that's exactly it in, the, in this day and age. There's cameras everywhere. So um, yeah, that's definitely a really good point. Make sure there's anything you could ever think of. Garbage bags um, readily available so they can put those dirty paper towels in yes. the garbage can. Uh, things like that. Yes, a mop, um, a, a broom, um, anything that you would use to clean up, we won't know because we don't live in your house. So please yeah. put it in the instructions or leave it in a closet and then just put in the instructions. This is where the cleaning supplies are at. So um, anything else that you want to add, Jill? I don't think so offhand. I think we've touched almost everything. Of course, we could talk about pet sitting and things Uh, forever. But those are, I think, the really important parts to talk about. Absolutely. I think so, too. Um, As I said in the beginning, I think the most important thing is to think about your dog and going on vacation the way you would think for yourself. Make a list. If you're going on vacation in a week or two weeks, put your notepad out and pen and write their names on the top. And that's your to-do list to get them ready get yourself ready, get ready for the pet sitter, start writing out the routine, the instructions for what you want the pet sitter to do, what you don't want the pet sitter to do. Please remember that too. You know, we do the best that we can. And if there is something that you don't want us to do, mm-hmm. if unless you tell us beforehand or write it down in the instructions, we won't know. And the worst thing is when someone comes home and then they're upset with us as pet sitters because we didn't do something or we did something. But communication is everything, like Joel said. We are just like your vet. We are in this with you together to give your dog the very best experience. We're going to love and take care of them. You have to communicate with us, be honest with us, trust us, and we will do the same with you. Yes, absolutely. I think any reputable uh, and pretty much any pet sitter or any animal field that, like I said, that you run into, any person uh, is truly an animal lover and they really do mean the best for you, your home, uh, and your pets. 
Absolutely. And we will follow this podcast up with another podcast where we will talk in depth about traveling with your dog or your cat. Um, and we will go over some of the things that um, we recommend that we've seen over the years. And um, hopefully you will find that as helpful as I am hoping you found this podcast. Yes, that's a really great topic to talk about too. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much um, from me, Mariette, here in Cleveland, Ohio, for listening to our podcast and joining us. Please go to our blog that is now up and running. You can find it at www.paws-n-listen.com. And uh, we are working on getting all of the podcasts up there. Um, if you haven't listened to all of our podcasts, please go back and listen to some of them. Please mm -hmm. interact with us. Uh, we Our website is up um, and running now and our blog. We have a little chat box. So if you have any questions that you want to ask us, um, if you have topics that you would like for us to discuss, please contact us there or please email either Jill or I. I'm going to give you my email address. It is furrytaleshack at gmail.com. And Jill will give you her um, email address uh, when she says her goodbyes. Just from me, um, we are... We have something very, very exciting coming up next week uh, for a podcast. Um, I will let Jill give you a teaser when she says goodbye. Um, on my behalf, um, I am going to have uh, my veterinarian, Dr. Luis Ituriaga, on our podcast. And Jill and I are going to be asking him some of the most common uh, questions um, and talk to him about uh, different um, subjects. We want you to participate. If there is something that you've always wanted to ask, but haven't asked your vet, send us an email or uh, talk with us on our website on the chat. Um, um, what would you call that, Jill? The chat. Uh, just a chat box. Chat box. Thank you. Mm -hmm. um, that yeah. or um, you can also fill out the form, the contact form on, on the blog and the website. And um, yes, please. We are very interested to hear from you. Please look out. Our uh, Facebook page is going to go up here in the mm -hmm. next week. And you can also interact with us on there. So I will turn it over now to Jill from me, Mariette, your host. Thank you so much for being here and listening to us. Make each and every day with your dog an amazing and fun day. Until next time, goodbye. So coming up next week, we have the lovely Rita Reimers. If you don't know who she is, she is a multi-cat expert. She has many, many years experience working with cats. So it'll be fun to talk about that, especially for our cat lovers and cat owners. Uh, and she is also part of a podcast. If you'd like to check her out, 19 Cats and Counting. Yes, she does have 19 cats. In fact, actually, as of last <laughs> Friday, she has 20 now, though the 20th cat um, she's just fostering. So she plans, she plans to not take him in. Um, uh -huh. instead, instead <laughs> just to be his foster, but I don't know. We'll see what happens, right? What's one more when you have 19? Oh, uh, foster like failure. <laughs> yes. Again, 
for the 20th time. Right. Uh, so we're very excited to have her starting next Wednesday. Um, we will be doing that podcast. So please make sure you're tuning in and listening to that. Awesome. Thank you so much for listening. Till next time. Bye.